This is a HeadGum Podcast. Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a miracle made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver-infused fabrics that actually make temperature-regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not, like, getting too hot or too cold or whatever. You know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind, miracle made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But More than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful, and it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made. Come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today. You'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Fake the Nation, episode 253. Hello, hello. This is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about politics, and we take the limp, empty balloon of democracy. We puff it full of air, and not with one of those machines. Like, we do it with our mouths, and we watch as the balloon inflates till it reflects the big buoyancy that is America. I am your host, Nagin Farsad, and yes, I've had to inflate a lot of balloons for my toddler, uh, and she has exploded many of them right in my ear. Today, we're going to talk about the new mass mandate-ish situation, unclear what. We'll also talk about inclusive capitalism, garish American tours, Bill Gates, and the shine wearing off of your Golden Globe. Uh, Today, I'm so excited for the panel that we have assembled. Joining us again on this show, and I have joined him on his show. It's one of my favorite podcasts out there, folks. He is a co-host of Yo! Is This Racist? He's a comedy writer and just like a generally wonderful person. (laughs) Folks, it's Andrew T. Hey, Andrew. What's up? How's it going? Oh, my God. Uh, So happy you're here. Thank you for having me. Uh, wonderful person. Let's, we'll, we'll see. P, the, the, the listeners um, Okay, you know what? I didn't, you know what? Let's, you're right. I feel like I, I gave you an impossible standard to live <laughs> up to. Just so the listeners are clear, he's a fucking garbage Thank person. You. Just, and that, <laughs> I think that's a space we're all more comfortable mm-hmm. with uh, as comedians. Um, also joining me on, to the, on the show today, 
she may also be a garbage person. You know what I mean? Uh, she's been on The Tonight Show, on Mad TV. She just ended a stint as a head writer for Little Late with Lily Singh on NBC. Uh, she's just utterly delightful, but still garbage. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Chelsea Davison. Hey, Chelsea. Hi, that, that is the most accurate intro I've ever gotten, you know? <laughs> Credits, but still garbage. But still garbage. We all contain multitudes, and half of those multitudes are really shitty things. We, our resume um, does not make us less garbage. Uh, <laughs> true. Um, folks, before we get into the show, I just want to remind you, I am doing a show in New York City. It is uh, Nagin Farsad presents an evening of comedy from her mouth hole. Um, that would be this mouth hole that I'm now currently speaking out of. It's on June 8th. Um, it's going to be a caveat here in New York City. Is the first time I am doing an hour uh, since the the poop demic. The last time I did an hour, um, I was in Iowa City, and it was to a thousand people. And then after the show, um, I shook. I I did book signing, and I shook hands with, or hugged, or just straight up made out with probably 700 of those people mm. it was the most just viral situation <laughs> you could ever be in it is a wonder i didn't have covid or did i and was i a super spreader possibly <laughs> but anyways this was in february of 2020 um and i have not done uh, a full i've not been responsible for a full hour i am just gonna say will not be making out with you this time um i will however be asking for you to show your proof of vaccine so get your tickets online um you could uh you're gonna have to show your proof of vaccination using the excelsior pass or your cdc card um and the Excelsior Pass, by the way, super, super, duper, duper easy uh, for New Yorkers. You just download it and you put in your vaccine date and your name and then boom, there it is. Your Excelsior Pass is ready to go. Uh, so um, highly recommend that just in general because there's going to be a bunch of like uh, shows like this um, around town. And if you are unvaccinated but have a negative COVID test, you could show that as well. Um, so we're uh, we're trying to make it safe. And uh, I hope you join me. I'm nervous and I'm excited and who knows what will happen and you'll help me figure out what it is that I'm saying in the world. All right, let us get into it with topic number one. So last week, the CDC made a new announcement that basically not only did vaccinated people not need to wear a mask outside, but they didn't need to wear one inside either. People were elated, angry, relieved, confused. Um, Andrew, can you explain to me just the whirlwind of emotions that America <laughs> went through with this announcement? <laughs> um, I... I'm not sure. I feel like I I was in a very uh, weird one because I uh, will say during pandemic, except for three uh, exceptions, which I will not uh, go into, kept it extremely, I, I would say, on the high end of risk intolerance. So okay. just Wait, like the high end. That's like a double negative. You high end over. <laughs> I, I, I basically my because you were really into wearing your mask yeah and partially partially yeah. just because i'm you know tv writer last year like on zoom rooms and stuff so i was actually able to physically not be around a human being 99 percent of the time so so wow. i was like super 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 buttoned up um you know yeah a lot of and probably too much i would i would argue um in terms of like actual like <laughs> risk um Right. You know, with, with whatever uh, attendant psychological potential for damage that comes with. <laughs> um, but um, so I have been fully vaccinated. And when I uh, 
I think I missed the actual uh, announcement on Friday because I was flying on a plane for the first time uh, to Atlanta um, to see my sister. So I'm in the home of the CDC uh, and I hope this isn't a violation of her privacy, but uh, she used to work at the CDC also. So um, oh, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say any opinions about the, that I've heard. <laughs> right. But the fact is, um, yeah, she used to work there. I don't believe she knows any of the, the you know, COVID people. She was not on on that uh, beat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or she may know them. I don't actually know. Well, was, she, was she on like oral gonorrhea or what? What was she, what detail was she? And, on? and how do you yeah. get to choose? Do you, is there like a draft? And is there a popular one that everyone wants to do? Is well, it like HPV is like the most popular or something? I'm uh, so curious. I'm not actually sure all of the details. I will just say. She got her job um, doing a thing she's very passionate about. I've, you know what? I've talked about on Yosa's Racist. So, you know, she, she's a, a women's health provider and got a job at the CDC uh, thinking it would be under the Hillary Clinton administration. And we'll just say the job was significantly different once she got sure. here. <laughs> <laughs> Can I also say, Andrew, um, if it just speaking from one uh, first generation immigrant kid to another, <laughs> yep. is she the favored sister? I mean, is she the favored sibling because so, of uh, these accolades? I would say there's a yes and no to it because so the the two uh, immigrant things that are um, at cross purposes are uh, obviously doctor better than comedy writer significantly. Yeah, yes, However, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm recognizing that. That hits against the uh, sexism and the firstbornism. <laughs> Uh, pretty Ooh, pretty strongly. So I think in a pretty fucked up way, I think I'm still probably kind of the favorite, quote unquote, <laughs> in a way that is deeply, okay, deeply just unfair. Let, just please, please let your sister know that she's my favorite oh, between the two of you. Also please. my favorite. Are you kidding? Is, <laughs> is one of you married slash have kids? So many of my friends who are first generation uh, people, they're just like, this is all my parents care about is who gives them grandkids first. She she is, she is married, no kids. Um, again, I hope this I can't, is okay. I, she, <laughs> I think she, By the way, Fake the up. Nation is now a podcast about Andrew's sister. <laughs> is what. Really. <laughs> okay, let's, before you have to say anything more uncomfortable, <laughs> Chelsea. Uh, so, okay, sorry. So, Andrew, your whole point was, what was your whole point? Oh, my gosh. My whole point was, um, <laughs> I, you know, have uh, since becoming vaccinated and, and, I guess it's one of those things where, like, the innate distrust of the way the CDC was politicized before and also some of their pretty significant missteps vis-a-vis, -vis, like, mask wearing, you know, early pandemic, you know, they, they seem to have a lot of stuff that comes out that's like, we're doing this for untransparent reasons and the science may contribute to it. But I don't know, it's, it's just the the policy of it. I, I, I'm, I have a gut distrust of them. And yet, you know, I'm, I'm wearing my mask indoors still, but I do kind of feel like, yeah, this is. Which, by fun. the way, uh, Chelsea, in New York State, most businesses, restaurants, stores, salons, gyms, churches are going to be able to return to 100 percent capacity. Um, but they still have to maintain six feet of distance, which in New York City is like, you know, doesn't necessarily change the capacity. Um, vaccinated people no longer have to wear a mask indoors or outdoors. Um, masks will continue to be mandatory on public transit and in schools from pre-K to 12 and homeless shelters, correctional facilities, nursing homes, healthcare 
settings. Um, and then theaters and large venues still have to um, do a third uh, capacity uh, unless they do like vaccine vaccine only uh, events. So Chelsea, what was your reaction to all of, to that and to the to the mass stuff from last week? Uh, I mean, uh, you know, I feel like I have uh, a lot of mixed reactions to it because like on the one hand, I do feel like it's a relief. You know, I'm excited to uh, not have to wear masks all the time, but there is definitely that feeling of nervousness if you can trust it. Also, like at this point, I've amassed quite a fancy little mask collection. So I'm like, <laughs> why did I buy all of these? You know, I mean, we don't want to see if you have some matching. Ma- the thing that has been the most uh, impressive to me is when people do matching mask to outfit. I can't believe it. I uh, love those people. They have a zest for life that none of us, uh, n- the rest of us truly don't understand. I just uh, I'm so excited achieve- to see like, you know, a year from now or two years like, are people going to take all their old masks and, like, make, like, a little quarantine quilt or, like, you know, to commemorate oh, or, like, what's yeah. going to happen with all Actually, of them? Actually, that's a great idea. <laughs> um, well, so here's, here's some of the complaints that have basically been – one of the, like, political complaints was that the CDC didn't, like – you know, run this by a bunch of governors and state leaders and Joe Biden, right? Like the White House was taken <laughs> off guard. The CDC came out with this. The thing, uh, so so I guess on a just like rolling and how information gets rolled out and it should, you know, and how the entire country, and by the way, when America makes a rule like this, it resonates, it, it, it sends ripples throughout the rest of the globe, right? It's like a big deal. Um, so the way that information should be handled you know, it should, there should be some care put into it, right? And it seemed like it was maybe just like sudden. That said, the CDC, you know, for example, I was just sort of waiting for the for the outdoor mask guidance to come out, and that which came out a few weeks ago, because we all knew that the out that the chance of getting COVID outdoors without a mask and social distancing or whatever was very, very low. So it just was like, why isn't the CDC admitting the science on this? Like, we all know the science on this. Um, so in some ways, they're both overly cautious and then totally sudden at the same time. <laughs> you know what I mean? In general, I feel like the rollout with everything has just been uh, pretty confusing. Obviously, I'm impressed with, like, the speed. And I do think, like, it's amazing that so many people have gotten vaccinated. But I do just think amazing. about, like, so many many people I know, it's like scrambling to try to get a vaccine. It wasn't clear, like, what are the like oh, right yeah. channels? Like, I got my second vaccine in the laundry aisle of a CVS and then kept being like, was that <laughs> legit? Was that a real vaccine? Like, it's just so like... You're it, like, and what's weird is that it was the super from my building who was administering the <laughs> vaccine. Was, they just had like folding chairs looking at Tide Pods. I was so confused. But, but I mean, that's, but that's the, uh, but that's funny because it's also the amazing Amazing thing about the rollout is that it started out with these, you know, these kind of super centers. What, what were we calling those? Super centers? Um, I don't know. Whatever those super vaccination. I've, yeah. I've already forgotten what they were called, and they ended like two <laughs> weeks ago. But anyways, we had these huge stadiums and stuff like that, and people kind of figured that out. But then what really started to happen after we reached the kind of like 40, 50 percent mark was like, oh, we actually need to go to 
places where people are make this easier, easier, easier. So it's like your laundry aisle is the <laughs> easiest place in America. You know what I mean? No, and that's great. amazing that they figured that out. And the rollout of that was it's also I mean, on a logistical front, this whole thing has been pretty fucking remarkable. Yeah, yeah it just feels like at times it's like this big official thing and it feels like, you know, there's so much around it. And so that's why some of the messaging you're like, oh, it's the official CDC guideline. And then at the other like half the time, they're just like, yeah, you can get vaccinated in the laundry aisle. By the way, masks, you don't need them. It's fine. Like, you know what I mean? It's this alternating right. between casual and super strict. Yeah. Right, right. Um, well, and, and, you know, and it's funny because even just today when I was uh, out, I ran into a neighbor um, and we walked by the supermarket, this like soup, this little market. I don't know. doesn't matter. But it was small. It wasn't super. Uh, and she was like, oh, I don't know if I have to wear my mask in there now. And, you know, it was like just like it, the other thing about it is like it's today in New York State, a bunch of changes, you know, last week in Illinois or wherever, you know, it's like there's there's things that are happening constantly. And because of our patchwork of states and their sp- like separate little rules, um, it be, it can be it can be very confusing. But also we're not fucking dumb dumbs. I feel like we can figure it out. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's confusing, but it's not that confusing. Um, by the way, major retailers like Costco, Target, CVS, Trader Joe's have said that they're not, um, you know, that they're going to end mask requirements um, for vaccinated patrons um, and, and subject to local guidelines. Uh, in Texas, they said that you can't even ha- you can't even have a mask requirement. Um, what do you think about that? Like a place that can't have a mask retri- requirement in? Andrew? I mean, it's, you know, like, we're, we, we saw, I feel like your size said a lot right there. We saw the last year what the value of government is, right? It's like there are things that need to be accomplished from a public health perspective that can only be accomplished by government, sort of like it or not. And the, the fact that, like, you know, you see, we'll call them small government people. Uh, whoever they might be, um, really just like like it, it's anathema to them to use the government to do anything good, evidently, because I'm just like, look, the ability to have a mask mandate seems important. That's the way most of the like countries that got COVID under control pre-vaccine were able to do it. And I don't know. It's just like like if if we can, if people can't be haven't, you know, internalized that there's some shit that government just has to be able to do. Um, it's, it's, I guess it's just never going to happen. Uh. I, the thing that confuses me is just, you know, some of these places, it's like you can have like no shirt, no shoes, no service. But like, <laughs> right. it's not like seeing someone's like nipples is going like, to cause you actual disease, but like not wearing a mask actually could. So it's like, it seems like it should Hold on. I have thing. a story about a nipple I saw back in 72. <laughs> um, right. But, uh, but no, you're right. You're, you're right. Your point is really, is well taken. Like, why would you be, why, why would you have that requirement? Right. And, and it is awfully rich, of course, uh, that a conservative government is preventing a private business from enacting whatever fucking rules exactly. they want. <laughs> it's fun. I mean, it's a fun, Texas. Compartmentalization is how that happens. Um, but I also want to just point out, like, you know, the other thing that's weird is, like, chill, the, the rules around children. Um 
children still need to be masked in a lot of situations because they between you know zero and twelve you can't get vaccinated yet, um, and so I feel like. It, that's like been confusing uh, for parents. Like, what do they do? Um, but I think, I guess my question for you guys is uh, the, the, the population of people. So right now, assuming, you know, if you're vaccinated, you got basically don't have anything to worry about because even me as a parent, I'm um, vaccinated. And according to the science, I'm it's extremely, extremely, extremely unlikely that I would pass on anything to my child. So then I don't, I'm not terribly worried about my interaction with her. Um, I, I guess my question is how much responsibility do you feel to people who are unvaccinated by choice? <laughs> like about protecting them. Chelsea, do you feel a responsibility? I mean, uh, <laughs> yes and no. So my my family is uh, in Ohio and uh, mm. you can in, you can in, read between the lines there. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, yeah, it's been a struggle. Um, some of my best friends are from Ohio, so I don't know what you mean. <laughs> um, like, you know, my parents both got vaccinated, but like my older brother, who, who's 20 years older, so he's in his 50s you know, he should get vaccinated. He decided not to. And he recently got COVID and, you know, he wasn't hospitalized, but like it was really bad. He was really sick for three weeks. And it is this type of thing where obviously I love my brother. I'm glad he didn't die. But there is this like, I hate that it makes me feel this like tinge of schadenfreude where I'm like, good. You, this this so shows he, you not to believe right. stuff and like just get right. vaccinated like what you're I don't know all the stuff is that he, is he gonna get vaccinated now N- no now he says he doesn't need to because he already got it so he's good now he's protected for the record though <laughs> for people who think that the um the antibodies deteriorate faster in the in if you had COVID and expect for that to act like a vaccine the, so the vaccine is still more effective for you the know record. yes I that thing actually no that I think he actually may get vaccinated now now is because Ohio is holding that million dollar uh, a raffle basically drawings <laughs> yes! for people who are getting vaccinated and there's so it, much fun stuff you could get it's so it's <laughs> so silly because you hear that and you're like who was not going to get vaccinated and it's like my family like a yeah. bunch right. of them are only getting vaccinated because it's well, a lottery I, I was chatting with um with uh with someone today who was saying that he wasn't going to get vaccinated because he was like i've been healthy i don't need it right which is a also it's like the vaccine isn't about you it's about yeah. how you could pass it on to others so anyways um but but he was like but then i but i realized that um they that i they were opening up certain things to people with vaccines like going to shows and i really want to go to shows and so i got vaccinated and i was like good like whatever whatever you need to get going and in by the way in uh illinois i think they're handing out like fifty thousand tickets to like six flags magic mountain or something or what one of their local theme parks i can't remember which one and um in new york they're handing out uh free uh french fries at shake shack um and uh they're also handing out free week-long subway cards at at certain subway stations throughout the uh, throughout the city so i mean there's in incentives and uh, I, I think it's good i know it sounds stupid it's, it's like public health should be enough yeah. it's, awesome. it's just there's so many people who it's like they're not convinced or they're just you know they're lazy or they're busy or whatever there's a million things they're just afraid and uh yeah like i don't know free fries i guess are enough and i love it's, that uh, it's so wild because it's like what 
I, I am a little sad that these people's convictions is actually that cheap. Like, because it's like, <laughs> okay, I get it. I mean, I don't get it. But like, if you have a strong conviction that you're being tracked or this may cause disease or, you know, the health industrial right. democratic process is, you know, conspiring against you specifically, right. then fuck it, whatever. Like, if you believe that, how could that possibly be counterbalanced by fries or like a one in, you know, like $5 <laughs> right. worth of equity towards a million dollar shot. Like it's crazy. Well, I, think, I mean, I think it's like, it's like, it's like the the kind of person I talked to today. He wasn't like, I don't believe in the science right. or da, 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 da. He was just like, I mean, I'm healthy. I just don't need it. Like that was his, he was just sort of, he wasn't so ideologically driven. I, th I think the people who are so, so, so ideologically driven are a much smaller percentage right. and they're not motivated by Magic Mountain, right? Right. <laughs> but the rest of the people are sort of like this dude that are like, I mean, I, got, I don't really need it, guys. I didn't get COVID. Like, it's fine. Like, my life is fine, you know? And those people may be motivated by French fries. And to that, I say, thank you, <laughs> um, states and municipalities, for arranging these free treats. Go get them. You know what I mean? Uh, final thoughts on this, Chelsea? No, I just I think it's I think it's good. Ultimately, um, I'm glad that things are opening back up. Mask stuff is, you know, it, it feels like we're finally getting back to normal, which is, you know, as as good and bad as normal was. Uh, I just yeah, it'd be great <laughs> if there were a little bit more clarity, I think. Just with right, the messaging. right, 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 right. And uh, yeah, I, I agree. I wish there was a little bit more clarity. But I also just want to say, like like all of us in 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 the world, uh, no one had dealt with a pandemic like this for a hundred years. So it's like the notes on the last pandemic were just like dusty and who knew, you know what I mean? Who knew what to do? No one. But also we they're were all identical for this one. That's the craziest part. I was just like, oh my God, the best practices are identical from the like 1918 or whatever. It was just like, this is crazy. I mean, yeah, they're identical with like a, with, with more Netflix uh, yeah. or something. Oh my um, God. By the way, I don't know if they're like identical because I, the, oh, the yes. airborne nature of the whatever, I, the aerosol were, spray count, whatever was maybe different like or something. They were Who pretty, knows? well, it was like stay home. But, but, but yeah, there's a, a there a lot of similarities. There was a lot of similarities, but all right. You know what, folks? Let me know what you think. Are you going to be out there fucking flaunting your mouth or what? Um, by the way, mouths, right? It's just like we haven't Ooh. seen very many. Um, and uh, let me know what you think. And in the meantime, we're going to take a quick break to learn about our sponsors, whom we love because they keep the lights on here at Fake the Nation. And then when we come back, we'll talk about other things. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by AuraFrames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an AuraFrame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these AuraFrames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an AuraFrame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. 
Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there, and you know what? You can update it with an app, so every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Today's show is sponsored by Pros. This is kind of, I feel like, you know, I'm on some sort of Lord of the Rings journey trying to figure out skincare. And I feel like this customized skincare line is really got my name on it. Basically, every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skincare, I tried the skincare just recently, is made to order and it's personalized. It's got a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs, like specifically you. And then the way they do it is you take this great, like in-depth quiz, basically. They analyze over 80 factors for a complete view of your life, your beauty goals, Um, Like I have oily skin that's also dry, which is just a fun little conundrum. I live in New York City. Like we've got these four seasons. My my face gets weird during seasonal shifts. Um, I all of these things I got to kind of talk about in like in answering the questions. Um, the other fun thing was they asked us at the end, like, do you like a creamy type of moisturizer or like a less creamy kind? And I was kind of like, mm, I think like less creamy. And they were like, that's fine. Like you can do that, but we think for your skin type, creamier is better. And I never knew that. So I love that there's so much kind of personal information that goes into creating this. I got my stuff in the mail very quickly after I got a wonderful serum. Like I said, this very creamy moisturizer. Um, And this also very just delectably creamy cleanser that just kind of feel like I, I think it's possible that I've been washing my face with just like harsh harshness like many years because when I saw this cleanser I was like oh is this what it's supposed to feel like it's supposed to feel like a little bit of a delight on my face that's not what I've been doing so I don't know guys and here's the thing you don't have to take my word for it in a third-party double-blind dermatologist supervised controlled clinical study um, which is like the gold standard for research studies pros prove that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives which just sort of totally makes sense on a just logical level if you think about it. Just it makes common sense. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% of your first subscription order at pros.com slash fake the nation um, will be taken off. That's 
pros.com slash bake the nation. You get your free consultation and 50% off your one of a kind formulas. Uh, again, that's pros.com slash bake the nation. Go and get your just super personalized, luxurious skincare products and hair care products. That's what I'm going to try next. So pros.com slash fake the nation. And we are back and we're ready for topic number two. Lynn Forster de Rothschild is a self-made millionaire who later married someone from a banking dynasty, hence her last name of Rothschild. She has a lot of taxes she could pay on her fortune. Guess what? She wants to pay them. She founded something called the Coalition for Inclusive Capitalism and later the Council for Inclusive Capitalism. And there was a profile about her in the New York Times. And so it, it made me think, like, first of all, uh, let's talk about inclusive capitalism. What is it? Uh, Chelsea, do you have an idea what it is? Yeah. So basically the idea that she's trying to say is that like capitalism can try to benefit more people because currently it's out of control and, you know, it's it's hurting. It, it, it's it's only helping the rich get richer and leaving everyone else behind. But I just I this irked me so much this profile and the things she had to say because i mean okay the yeah, so idea, what upset you about yeah, this profile okay so many things her. okay first of all the idea of inclusive capitalism from a member of the rothschild family and the pope it's a it's a it's a freaking <laughs> you know collab between two people who live in literal palaces you know this isn't like ivory tower theory these are people whose summer homes are literal ivy towers ivory towers it's crazy and then the whole thing in this article is her going on about how she thinks that billionaires are going to eventually have this ethical reawakening. You know, she kept saying, like, I want things to uh, politics and capitalism need to return to a basic sense of decency. And it's like, you think they're going to have an ethical reawakening? The people you're talking about went to child (laughs) sex island. Like, they're not going to suddenly be like, morals! Like, it just seems so out of touch I could not believe it. So wishful thinking. <laughs> Andrew, what did you think? I I I would say I largely agree with that. I mean, the the thing that really like it's weird that she's making uh sort of this like ethical argument when I don't understand why if you're a billionaire to the other billionaire peers, it's like, look, there's simply a fee to stave off the guillotine and Honestly, it's not that high as a percentage of what we make. So, like, <laughs> it, it, I just like we are on the road to, you know, guillotine town. Like, and really, they have a choice. <laughs> they have a chance to, you know, keep that, slow that train down. They should just, it, it's so weird that they need these like extra 3% of like billions and billions of dollars. Um, I love that. Just the neck tax. It's to yeah. keep your neck. Yeah. <laughs> And why not? Like, uh, it's it's actually a more fun society when that sh- <laughs> shit is like, you know, when you don't have to wonder, <laughs> like, that well, stuff. Well, and, and just, and for people, so, okay, I just, <laughs> I'm going to just be like, I'm just going to play defense on Lynn Forster <laughs> de Rothschild for just a moment with all four of her mm-hmm. names. Um, that what I think part part of what people like her are doing, and I, I don't mean to suggest that she invent, she invented inclusive capitalism or whatever the idea. Um, by the way, for the people who might not understand 
what is exclusive about capitalism. Um, think of like, for example, redlining, like the U.S. housing policy that was, that was huge in the 1930s that prevented like you know black people from buying, uh, from getting mortgages in certain neighborhoods. Like that's a way in which we weren't doing like free market capitalism because not everybody was free to partake in the capitalism, right? So, so we haven't actually been living in what anyone would consider some sort of idealistic free market capitalism because it's all because it has um, at various times and continuously and in various ways some obvious and some more subtle has kept people out of it right so we don't even know what it's like what real capitalism is like which i think is what's really fucking mind-blowing right when you think about it we don't even really know what real capitalism is like um and so inclusive capitalism is a little bit just like capitalism that doesn't exclude people like it's so simple Mm -hmm. um but also uh you know but in 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 her particular thing it's it's also it's uh, an effort to get businesses more engaged in environmental and social issues um and and to and to pay basically she she says in this piece i personally am fine with higher taxes if higher taxes lead to better distribution of opportunity that basically she wants shareholders to think about social implications like what is my money doing for the good of society it doesn't have a, is there a good of society at all to my money um, and I think that all of that stuff is noble. And what I think is important about someone like her with her foreign names, with her, <laughs> with the two, with the mayor, I was like, oh my God, if you're that rich, marry someone poor. So it spreads around a little bit, but no, she married a rich person. So then they had even a more money together, um, be- because she's a self-made millionaire. Uh, What I think is important about someone like her coming out with stuff like this and working people working with people like the Pope is that other billionaires need to see people like her to buy in. You know what I mean? Modeling some good behavior. Modeling good behavior. It's like what I do with my toddler. I don't eat a bunch of chocolate and pizza in front of her because I don't want her to eat a bunch of chocolate and pizza. But I do do it when she goes to sleep, folks. My point is I'm trying to model good behavior. And I think that's what she, you know, someone like her can do. She can be like, listen, billionaire. I get it. I know what it's like to be a billionaire. (laughs) I know what it's like to not like taxes. But I'm telling you telling you right now you're not even gonna feel it but and this I is just, what good it could do it feels like this idea of these like benevolent billionaires and like it there's always been these role models there have been these mm-hmm. people like warren buffett who say they're gonna give it away there have been philanthropists like bill gates who we'll talk about there have always been these quote-unquote good billionaires and th- the thing we found out time and time again is like most of them are not that good and right. so i do feel like her just being like come on guys shouldn't we care a little bit it feels um, I don't I, I don't think that will actually do anything. I mean, maybe that's mm-hmm. it's obviously her heart's in the right place. I think it's great for her to care when so many don't. But, you know, the things she's talking about are like, hey, we should tax companies that cause negative social harm. But it's like she's ignoring all the all the things of like, why don't politicians tax the companies that cause social harms? Because they give them money to get reelected. So you would have to address. (laughs) And I wouldn't be surprised if she was out there saying we should, you know, let's get rid of Citizens United. You know what I mean? That 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 may also be a part of her platform. And just just say like in the in that profile she did, she talked about exactly 
exactly what you're saying, Chelsea, that we should penalize companies that pay their workers such a low wage that those workers then have to be on public assistance in order to lead a decent life or or just a minimum ex- survival. Yeah. Uh, and and I and and like, hey, that's great. We don't penalize these companies ever for anything, and they don't even <laughs> ever really pay taxes. So like, let's start with some of these ideas. Like, I think that is that is a great idea. Yeah, I think if we can actually penalize it, it was just yeah, yeah. that she's like, yeah, it just seems really you know, it's it. We shouldn't. Jeff Jeff Bezos is a great guy, but you know, he shouldn't have billions when some of his when thousands of his workers are in public assistance. And I really hope that he like does the right thing. You know what I mean? It's that thing of like expecting Jeff Bezos that like that change will ever come from him. And I think that is where I'm like, lady, sweet, sweet lady. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I want to talk a little bit about, and you know, I've mentioned this before, but like the thing about that I've you know, that's maybe possible is the way that we perceive (coughs) capitalism is that it's always about growth. And that's kind of the way, maybe, and this is also a very American way, is like mm-hmm. when we ask someone how you doing or whatever, and this is also a very entertainment industry, you kind of want to know, like, I, um, I assume you're working on 12 additional new projects that I haven't heard of before. What are the many, many new, new things that you're doing? How, what, how is your growth? What is your personal growth? You know what I mean? Like, that's just like such an American thing that people can't just be like, you know, hey, I did a bunch of gardening this weekend and I watched my my kid play in a pool and that's great. Like, it's like we expect people to have stories of incredible additional growth. And and that's kind of, you know, we view that with capitalism. We talk about that with the GDP. Like, I've always been like, why do we care about the fucking GDP? Like, why do we even talk about that, you know? Uh, why do we talk about growth so much? Like, growth is not environmentally sustainable. Um, <laughs> do you think it's possible to, like, to like somehow start de-emphasize, or do you, and do you think maybe Gen Z or have you heard murmurings of us trying to get rid of growth as a metric by which we define all success? That feels like impossible. It feels so baked into like America, and but it is like, and this is not a, a phrase I came up with, but I don't know who actually said it first. Was like unchecked unregulated growth is like what a cancer is that's a tumor like that is like literally what is happening in the human body and it's sort of what we're seeing it's like growth for no reason growth for no reason which is what wall street seems to require from companies um for is like just question mark who knows like like there's no reason it has to be like this you could be profitable at the same rate every year and be considered a failure and be cool yeah 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 right 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 well, yeah, yeah like yeah. it's crazy to me that a huge company could be profitable at the same rate every year and that's not enough you yeah. know at that and instead of like being like hey guys well done no yeah. dips <laughs> like you're still making a shit ton well done like why chelsea do you think um, we could be, there is room for some kind of cultural sea change on growth. I mean, I, I would love that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I also have been confused, especially, um, it, it's confused me with, um, apps and social media and things like that, because it'll be like, wow, you know, they've continued to add to their user base and now they're up to, you know, a billion people. And I'm like, at a certain point, there's only so many people. There's only so <laughs> yeah. many people. There's only so many people. computers. There's only, you know what I mean? And I'm like, 
what happens when you get everyone? Is then the company considered unsuccessful? Like, that's right. where I don't understand. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I think in general, my, my view of this in, with capitalism is that, you know, all these things we talk about, like, well, you know, we haven't seen like real capitalism. And I guess my my take on that is that this is real capitalism. The other version of it is ideal. It's it's capitalism in theory. I feel like there's a lot of cool, like hippie high school students who's like, well, communism is actually great. You know, in theory, communism works. It's just in reality, it doesn't. I, and I, think I was one of those people in high school saying exactly th that. The same thing is true with capitalism, where like, yes, capitalism in theory is a beautiful thing where people have all these opportunities and can climb up by their bootstraps and it's a free market and that, but that's that's not real life in the same way that like there's always corruption, there's always favors, there's always, you know, the human nature, nothing is perfect in, in the real world. And so <laughs> I think like what we have is it, it, what it is. I don't know. I, I, right. I'm not right. sure no, how to I mean, fix I think it. I, it's funny. It's funny that we're also unwilling to accept that something is just theory. Like unicorns <laughs> in theory are great. They shit rainbows and they're so beautiful. But guess what? In reality, they don't exist. Like yeah. why can't we admit to ourselves that like it might not exist right it's just weird to me <laughs> well also Folks, like, let me know oh yeah Andrew, i was just gonna say like given thing. given that we are, for instance are in a nation if capital can be passed down and capital is the basis for capitalism to work and we have in our nation like stolen capital stolen people's labor a whole race of people in america's case how it's so weird like to actually get to theoretical perfect capitalism we would have to do one massive act of socialism take everyone's money divide it up give it to everyone equally and then see who has what opportunities that's still not <laughs> fair there's still going to be people that went to you know yale or whatever but like that would actually be okay we do have let's let's have a level playing field and see what happens if you really want to go there um yeah let's see let's yeah andrew challenges you let's have a level let's see what happens uh folks let me know what you think especially if you're entrepreneurs out there like what do you what do you are you like super super tied to growth like if you're running a business how much does growth matter to you i'm so curious let me know um kindly people of fake the nation who are actually who have probably thought about this a ton more than i have because they actually really are so thoughtful uh let us move on to topic number three so uh we're gonna dip into a little cultural grab bag. Uh, we've been doing that because Julia Linden, our fearless producer, just comes up with such uh, like fantastic small bite things to talk about each week. Uh, and so today, uh, let us talk about, first up, uh, remember when Americans were on a list of do not enter because we were riddled with coronavirus and we had a shitty, we had a shitty president, which was kind of like <laughs> subtextual, not in, in the actual lists. Um, well, now Europe is like, oh my God, we totally miss you guys, America. Americans, please come back. Please be garish and terrible with your visors. We miss you. Um, so my question is, what was the American um, reputation abroad? Uh, what defined that? Uh, Chelsea? <laughs> Uh, I mean, you know, it, it, there's the stereotype, which I mean, of course, is is based in some truth where like you've gone to museums abroad and you see people who are dressed like it's Disney World in the Louvre and, you know, <laughs> uh, trying to take selfies with the art that they're not supposed to get near. You know what I mean? It's it's a lot of that. Um 
But I I don't know. I think a lot of it is is <laughs> I don't know, not unfair because I do think a lot of it is like founded, but like I remember I went to uh, Austria, I went to Salzburg when I was in eighth grade. And like this Austrian full grown adult came up and screamed in my face about Bush. So I'm like, I think there are assholes everywhere. There's annoying people everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and there are uh, assholes also, everywhere. I'm like, you guys think we're dumb. This man thought a 12 year old was old enough to vote, and you thought Bush was the worst we could do. Like, you know, Europeans, you're not, you're not always smarter than us. <laughs> Andrew, what do you think? It, I, I guess to me, I'm, this feels slightly not like a nothing story, but I'm like, yeah, I, it just felt like the deal was uh, Americans are, you know, the grossest cultural imperialists. Fine. <laughs> um, but we also bring American dollars. Fine. And the deal is we take your, you know, if you're a European country, you take the dollars and one thing you get in exchange is sneered at. And like, I don't know, that just feels like. That's always been the math. Right, um, right. That's the that's the trade-off. Yeah. I just want to say, for, for just to get some numbers in there, the European Travel Commission um, said that the European Union received 30 million American visitors in 2019, and that's more tourists than from China, Canada, and Australia combined. So I was actually really stunned to hear that. But um, that's how big we are uh, in travel terms and in dollar terms um, going to Europe. And I, I think, you know, like we adopted, I just have to say something about myself. I just have to be really honest with you guys that I, um, I have worn a sensible shoe abroad <laughs> and I have worn a visor. And I'm so sorry. It's just when the sun penetrates your face at a certain angle, the visor really helps. And I know it's horrendous. I know. I know. And I'm just like, the only reason I'm doing this is no one will see me. No one knows me here. I'm not going to run into an ex with me wearing a fucking visor. But um, and I've done it in New York City a couple times. I don't want to talk about it. It's just too much shame. But but point is, um, we do, I do see that. I do see that in other countries. Um, I do wish we could go back to a time where everyone just put on a three-piece suit to go, like, you know, <laughs> look at the Mona Lisa. Um, that Those were beautiful times. But I think the other thing about American tourists is that, like, they are loud. Um, they're sort of, like, into it, though, right? It's like a joyful largesse and a joyful buoyancy and loudness that's, like... That's okay. You know what I mean? The part of me is just like in defense of, of America um, and our, our ability to fucking have a good time out there. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, it's I will dumb. also just say uh, the, some of the other countries you mentioned, I mean, it's just like any, any time you get a significant class of people able to travel, they are moneyed, they are privileged, you know, and that's... The, those are the people that sort of suck in every culture. I mean, my memory, um, <laughs> I, I was I was in China. I was in Beijing at Tiananmen Square and like just watching two Australian shirtless bros throw a rugby ball back and forth on this like, you know, pretty intense site. I was like, yeah, it's just, you know, because they're they're on vacay. Right. And, right, right, right. And then like Chinese tourists in America, you're like, OK, I I, I thankfully understand that not all Chinese people are dicks, but many Chinese people who can afford to come to America are dicks. And that's, yeah. It's just a self-selecting <laughs> population. 
Um, all right, let's move on to the Golden Globes. So the Golden Golden Globes has had a rough 2021 so far. There was an L.A. Times expose. Um, Time Up made recommendations for reform um, that kind of came out of that expose. Tom Cruise returned his three Golden Globes as a protest. And then um, the Golden Globes actually announced that they were going to make some changes, but the NBC decided to cancel its broadcast anyway. Uh, because it looked like those changes weren't going to roll out until at least 2023. So what do you think? I mean, <laughs> do you, uh, part of me is just like, does it matter? Um, uh, Chelsea, what do you think? I I am a big believer in award shows in general. I just, I they, <laughs> Why? I think they matter because people believe they matter. Like to right. me, mm-hmm. they matter and that's what gives them power. Like I cry every year at the Oscars because I, I love movies yeah. and I love that <laughs> yeah. stuff. And like, yes, they're very self-congratulatory and a lot of it's bought by publicists. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't, there, I, I know that it's not truly a metric of what is the best art, but I think it's such a magical way to celebrate things and so I, I do think it like I think it's important that they're trying to make these changes. Um, but also I am a little sad. It's it's both. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I just yeah. so many of the things like it, it does, I think, often spotlight, you know, it, not important movie, but like movies that are exciting and like performances that are great. And it also even when like stupid stuff like Green Book wins, it at least gets us talking about stuff. <laughs> right, um, right, right. It, it directs the, con- the conversation. There's so many movies like Parasite that I would never have gone out of my way to see because I, it, to be honest, it looked too scary. Um, mm-hmm. But then once mm-hmm. it gets nominated for a bunch of stuff, I'm like, all right, I guess I have to buckle up and see this movie that scares me. <laughs> and then it was so great. And so I think that's the thing where like, um, I don't know, I, I just, I think award shows have this inherent worth because of what people give it. And what I love about what you said, Chelsea, is that like, it's okay. It, you you can know that the Oscars are being self-congratulatory or that there's just too much net worth in that room for it to be normal or whatever. <laughs> but also to just be like, I'm upholding the, I'm, I'm celebrating the artifice that is this ridiculous thing because it's kind of fun. Like it's okay for us to just have fun. And part, some part of me just feels like we sort of you know, forget that in, in <laughs> that it's okay also for these things to be fun. Not, not, I'm not, I'm not saying the Golden Globes shouldn't be fucking shit on or whatever, but I'm just You're saying, right. like, it's also okay to think, like, for example, that the Oscars are great and fun and that you cry and all. You, you just <laughs> buy into it. It is entertainment. Andrew, what do you think? I, I guess as someone who's, uh, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, on very much on the record being very much against every Hollywood gatekeeper. Um, <laughs> You know, I kind of this is probably like a theory practice thing, which is like theory of the Oscars of any award show. Great. In practice, it's just like, you know, because of the history and because of the way people vote and because of like who has access to creating movies and TV, like it will simply just in my eye, be a self-perpetuating kind of thing unless radical, massive changes are made. You know, Oscars kind of did something. And I guess there is there there's an element of the Golden Globes, and this sort of is tying in all of the things we've talked about today, like of the establishment just throwing the like most evidently problematic one under the bus so that they don't have to do as much to fix the also problematic, more, you know, other ones seeming ones. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, right, right, yeah, right. Golden Globes. We know like there's also a thing where it's like such common knowledge in the entertainment industry 
history that the Golden Globes is literally bought and sold, like not simply yeah, yeah. like, you know, oh, we threw a nice party for all the Oscar voters and whoever, you know, those campaigns are expensive. It's much more like, no, no, no. They asked for like a Tesla or whatever for like all these <laughs> voters and whoever, you know, or, or whatever high end thing that they, they have right, been, right, been right. giving to this yeah. small that cadre. That would be fucking crazy if, right. uh, if there was just like dozens of Teslas that were being yeah. sent out to foreign I, journalists. I, th- I, I mean, yeah, I think, but part of me, Andrew, I don't know. Okay. Like, and, and you, Chelsea, like as a woman, right? Part, for me, part of it is even though I'm like, yeah, we should hold these people accountable and fuck the gatekeepers or whatever. <laughs> but also as like a Muslim lady POC in the entertainment business, I'm like, please let me in. I want to get that mm-hmm. credit behind my name. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? It's like, you've never wanted me there, but I'm desperate to join oh, yeah. your ranks, even though I think your gatekeeperhood sucks. Yeah. Like, it's such a tortured relationship because it's like, oh, I would gladly accept an award from you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, it's like, but also reform yourselves. You know, I mean, it's like such a, a tortured relationship for me. If, if I may give you your cake and allow you to eat it as well. Um, yeah, please. I think that is the nature, uh, you know, uh, all of us on this show as some sort of uh, not straight white man. Um, the, <laughs> the nature of us being, you know, for instance, you know, winning an award is like a, a knock against the gatekeeping. It does change who gets to keep the gate if we get to vote in subsequent um, you know, awards and as opposed to, you know, just another straight white guy winning an award. I, I, I think there are, they are two different things. Is this wildly self-serving a theory? Absolutely. Would I take an Emmy in a heartbeat or even a Golden Globe? Yes, but 100%, still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let us move on to our next uh, cultural touchpoint this week. It is Bill Gates. He's been in a flurry of articles because him and Melinda Gates got a, a divorce. It was a very public divorce. And now there's like some stories coming out about how he wasn't like the best ever person. Um, <laughs> and uh, Chelsea, I don't know. What did you, what did you, I guess it's it's interesting. Part of me is like, why? I mean, it's, is it surprising? Like, does it, what does it matter specifically? Like, what do you think? I mean, you know, you can refer to my earlier statements about <laughs> Child Sex Island. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I just think that it is naive anytime we expect these people with so much money. The only way to amass that sort of wealth, I think, mm-hmm. is to be kind of a bad person. And mm-hmm. I think that that is not a judgment about a, speci- a specific person. That's just you, you. That's the type of person. I, I mean, I also I think to be in the entertainment industry, you have to be a, a little bit of a narcissist. And I'm like, th- that's fine. That's something I recognize in myself and all my friends and great. But I do think like, yeah, to be a billionaire, you have to be immoral. And so it's not shocking then when, you know, this like, Immoral dragon also does immoral things in his personal <laughs> life, potentially. Obviously, which, we which don't by know. the way, right? We don't know, but some of them were basically that he, uh, you know, pursued a bunch of women who worked at Microsoft or the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Um, you know, unwanted advances. Um, some of the, and then also, so those are some of the allegations. But also um, that he hung out a bunch with Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, and you know, again, like the nature of them hanging out is, you know, it's not like. I, I, and I don't think people are even suggesting necessarily that he had anything to do with his, um, you know, sex trafficking ring or whatever. But um, just that 
but that they did hang out in a sort of like dudes with money kind of way or i don't know and they were friends it's it, it the the reporting on this is a little bit unclear but well, yeah but uh, he went to he went to epstein's house all the time and having now after he was a known sex offender right and now that we have learned all this stuff about what went down at epstein's house it's not like yeah like even if he's not actually going on this plane to an island it's like we know a lot of the sex trafficking happened at the house so right. it just it seems i again i'm obviously i'm i'm not we accusing him of whatever yeah. but i'm just saying that it, it, there's a lot of things that i'm just like this to even if i found out someone i knew i'm like oh this person's a great comedian oh wait they they were convicted of having sex with minors and child like sex trafficking i don't think i would still hang out with them you know yeah, yeah, yeah. i feel no, like that's fucked up right like right. after he's already been you know imprisoned quote unquote because he actually got to leave prison every day um just <laughs> fucking crazy uh but andrew i guess here's here's something weird about about Bill Gates' particular persona publicly is that, A, he was almost, and this is just like, I think, all about marketing, right? In the way that he was mm -hmm. pitched and, and the way that he was handled by uh, his own media handlers and publicists or whatever. It, they created, they crafted a vision of him that was all about being a smart guy who was almost like asexual. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like part of the Bill Gates phenomenon is that he he was just this guy that did this thing with Microsoft that really took off. He became extremely rich and then he decided to do some really, really good work with his wealth and all the while he's basically asexual. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like it's, like, it's that's kind of the image that was crafted. So um so I think part of that is what's what's kind of falling apart right now. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, it is. It is this thing where it's like, why? I guess why did you need to have that image? And like, I mean, I guess it is evidently likely to be some sort of denial or cover up, maybe like I don't, you know, depending on how the how intentional or, or what the point of it was. It is also this thing where you're like, just yeah, I mean, I guess it is like like the power creates this type of person it feels like it feels like inevitable like it's utterly unsurprising to me and i'm like yeah because if you're a billionaire you, you, you it seems like you just have to act like that and i don't know if it's human nature or just you know right. a self-selecting population like yeah. you only get there by being that person i don't know I, I have a I, I know some a couple of people here and there who have sold companies for like lots of money. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it's funny because I do think that the sudden infusion of money in their lives does like change them, you know, mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. like do, they have to do a lot of work mm -hmm. in order to be retain they're like their former selves. Um, and again, this is just purely anecdotal. I don't fucking know. But like just in a couple <laughs> of situations that I've seen, I was just like, oh, this uh, this money yeah. has changed you. You know yeah. what I mean? Sure. Uh, and it's weird. Um, but, you know, Chelsea, yeah. Like final thoughts. Billionaires can't be nice people or well, we shouldn't even or, do, or should we just not even should we just stop fucking talking about what kind of people billionaires are? <laughs> I think we, well, we should just assume that they are 
that yeah. they are not evil. I, I saw, this is me quoting a meme, I'm sorry, but it basically <laughs> a thing about how Smog the dragon from, you know, The Hobbit, you know, <laughs> would have all these like billions and billions and about how like people like Jeff Bezos have so many more, so much more money than Smog the dragon who sits in a literal mountain of gold. And I was just thinking, you know, from that, it, it I don't know, it made me laugh, this meme. And I, uh, I, I thought about it and I was like, a dra- that type of like amoral dragon guarding their wealth is how we should really view all of these people. It's like, there can be a good dragon who doesn't attack the countryside or maybe even sometimes drops a little gold for the people in the village and they say, oh, what a nice dragon. And and then, you know, there's mean <laughs> dragons who eat children and, you know, burn down the village. Like, there's both. But, like, either way, it's a it's a very Im, er, not immoral, amoral thing because you are inherently hoarding resources. And mm-hmm. even the dragon that is helping is still a, a fucking dragon. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It right. was still, I don't know. But also with Bill Gates, um, you know, I'm, I'm so sad for those publicists who worked for so long and hard <laughs> and only to see their good work going down the drain. <laughs> Guys, I'm so sorry. It was a really carefully crafted, you know, art project. They did project so much good really work did. and he threw it work. all away and I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> all right. That is the end of the show. Oh my God. Thank you so much for joining us. But what I really want is for the people of Faith the Nation to be able to follow all of the amazing stuff that you do. Chelsea, where do they do that? Oh, they can do that on Twitter at Chelsea underscore Davison. Also, I'm doing a play reading in New York on June 28th at 2 oh p.m. at the, the Asylum Theater. So come to that. I wrote it and Amazing. I'm oh acting in it. God, come see that's it. That's so exciting. Uh, an in in person situation. I, can you even imagine an in person thing? Mm-hmm. I mean, the, I, the I am imagining the it. The theater. Uh, it's the back. Theater. <laughs> Maybe? It's so exciting. Uh, June, June 8th, my show. And then June 28th, your show. And then in that, you're getting a double dose of uh, Fake the Nation people in one <laughs> month. Andrew, where do they follow you? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm just Andrew T. Last name is spelled T-I. Uh, everywhere. I mean, not TikTok, but whatever. Um, uh, and also, uh, my podcast, uh, Yo, Is This Racist, a co-host with Tawny Newsome. Um, we have uh, not so recently anymore gone independent. So if you like this, come listen to us. There's a free show, Yo, Is This Racist, and then uh, suboptimalpods.com. We have a bunch of very bonkers uh, premium content that I am very proud of. It's real crazy. It's amazing uh, additional content, and you, you folks should absolutely be subscribing to and supporting Yo Is This Racist. Um, folks, I want to really thank... Uh, well, by the way, I'm going to be on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me this weekend, um, so tune in for that. And I have a new... I, I don't remember if I mentioned this last week, but I have a new column up in the Progressive Magazine about the glories of in, in, in-person shopping and in-person everything. So please check that out um, uh, in the Progressive Magazine. I'll be tweeting it out as well. Again, my show is June 8th at Caveat in New York City. Yay. Tickets are available. Um, so please uh, come out to that and you'll just need to show your CDC card um, or your Excelsior pass for your proof of vaccination or a proof of a negative test. Um, but what I really would like to do is thank the people here uh, at Faith the Nation who make this show possible. That's our producer, Julia Linden, our sound engineer, Stephanie Aguilar, all the wonderful people at HeadGum. Our theme music is written by Gabby Alter. And as always, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts because it helps 
helps people find the show, believe it or not, and email us at fakethenation at headgum.com with guest ideas, segment ideas, whatever ideas, ideas. Um, and um, join the Patreon for bonus content. Um, it's uh, patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad. Uh, and thank you so much to everyone at Fake the Nation who's already been um, a Patreon supporter. I really, really uh, cherish that, and I, I, I appreciate you so much. We'll be back in your earballs next week. 